0: Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. Carshield.com slash Shapiro. That's Carshield.com slash Shapiro. A Senate staffer was discovered over
1: the weekend to have filmed himself committing an extremely inappropriate action in the Senate Judiciary Hearing Room. Now, this is a family show, so I'm not going to use any explicit language. But I do want to cover the story which exposes a lot. It exposes everything just about. But specifically, it exposes the flagrant degeneracy that has for some time now rotted our leading public institutions. So instead of explicit language, I am going to use euphemisms that were crowdsourced from Twitter to describe this action. Some are describing what was filmed in the Senate hearing room as an insurrectum. Others have suggested that this staffer simply misread the sign on the door and thought he was entering the Senate rearing room. Still others have called the display a clear-cut case of rump derangement syndrome. I, for one, take a more charitable view because, in their defense, these two men were simply acting out what the U.S. Senate does to the American people every single day. The staffer is reportedly a Democrat, of course, named Aiden Maize-Sharovsky. According to writer and political strategist Ryan Gerdusky, the staffer appeared in a campaign video back in 2020 for Joe Biden. Biden posted the video to Twitter with the comment, quote, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Uh, one can almost hear the staffer responding, quote, from the heart of my bottom, Mr. President, thank you, too. Now, for his part, the staffer is sort of denying the accusations. But the denial fell flat after he was promptly removed from the Senate staff in the wake of the scandal. Even a cursory glance at screenshots from the staffer's social media channels, shall we say, lend credibility to the allegations. So the young Democrat took to LinkedIn to explain himself. Quote, This has been a difficult time for me, the staffer wrote, as I have been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. While some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment, I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace. Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. Now, it sounds crazy, but as a member of a legally protected class, There's a non-zero chance this guy walks away or limps away, perhaps, with a payout. That is how identity politics works today. Hence the reference to being, quote, attacked for who I love. But the issue with this young man is not who he loves, but rather how he loves. Contrary to popular bumper stickers, there are different kinds of love, as well as right and wrong ways to love. You love your wife and you love your dog, but you do not, one hopes, love them in the same way. You certainly can't love a male Senate staffer in the way that you love your wife. It's not physically possible. And even if you could, it would still be wrong. Kind of funny, but extremely wrong and disgusting to do it in a Senate hearing room. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. The White House has released a super weird Christmas video with tap dancing that we will get to. I'm of two minds on the video. I will bring my pop culture expertise to bear on, on analyzing that. I also will point out that Christmas is what, five days away? No, a little more than that. I guess you've got like seven days. Great gift to give us. Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. 98, 98. Diversify your savings with physical precious metals while stockpiling silver in your home safe. Take advantage of Birch Gold Group's most popular special of the year. Now through December 22nd, for every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, they will send you a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin for free. Text Knowles, WLES to 989898 98, 98 to claim your eligibility now. You can purchase gold and silver and have it shipped directly to your home or... Have Birch Gold's Precious Metals Specialists help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold for no money out of pocket. They will send you free silver for every $5,000 you purchase. Keep it for yourself or give something with real value as a stocking stuffer this year. It's a pretty good stocking stuffer. Just check the word Knowles to 989898 to claim your eligibility. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau— Thousands of happy customers. Now is the best time to buy gold from Birch Gold. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898. Claim your eligibility for free silver on qualifying purchases before December 22nd. That is Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898. 98 98. A lot has happened since I've been away. Some of you know I was in India. I went to India because I posted on Twitter. I said, should I move to India and become a professional sitar player? I will abide by the results of this poll. And you people sent me to India. So I'm a man of my word. I took it very seriously. I flew from uh, Nashville to Atlanta, Atlanta to Paris, Paris to Dubai. Then I got in a car in Dubai, took a, a taxi to Sharjah Airport, then flew from Sharjah to Thiruvananthapuram. But then here's, here's where things got a little dicey. I, I forgot my sitar you know, you're packing, it's hectic. Oh, did I remember my toothbrush? Did I remember my sitar? So I got there, I realized I didn't have my sitar. I posted another poll. I said, should I, I can't get my hands on a sitar. Should I go, go back and pick up my sitar before then returning to India to to pursue my dream of becoming a professional sitar player? And you voted yes. So then I flew back uh, from Tiruvannathapuram to Dubai, Dubai to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to New York, JFK, took a cab to New York, LaGuardia, then took a flight back to... Uh, Nashville airport last night. Um, I, the trip was not a total loss because coincidentally, a very close friend of mine just coincidentally happened to be getting married in India during that trip. So what? not a total loss, but good to be back. So much has happened since I was gone. Actually, so much has happened even since I wrote this show last night, which is that uh, apparently someone rammed into President Biden's motorcade which means that the number of Democrats who are getting rear-ended these days is much higher than one would have expected. And then there was even more important news. Tim Poole came out with a cover of Together Again, the famed hit by Smokey Mike and the God King, and the song hit number one on the iTunes chart, which is where you should go right now to download it. Now, there's a whole backstory to Smokey Mike and the God King, which you can hear in Tim's teaser for the song. The year is 1967, and something incredible happens to music. Smokey Mike and the God King unveiled their hit song Together Again. The song was massive, charting in both 1967 and 1968, and spent 87 weeks at number one. Needless to say, America was hooked, and a legacy was born, a legacy that continues to this day. What inspired you to bring a song of this magnitude into the world? I think it's no secret. That our band was effectively done after Ian was caught mercilessly beating that child. But I was I was hoping there was some way we could turn things around. Working with my mentor Phil Labonte, I
2: asked him, "Is there is there is there something we can do that's not been done that'll be big?" And and he pointed out,
1: with all these greats like the Beatles, with Zeppelin, you know, and Smokey Mike and the God King. <laughs> there are a lot of opportunities for modern versions that have not been done properly. Now, a lot of people have covered Zeppelin, of course, but no one's done a good modern version of Together Again. And he was right. And I think that's when we realized if we get this, if we get this right, it could be huge. Could be huge. Now, the backstory to that backstory is a couple of years ago, Jeremy and I played our song to a sold-out crowd at the Ryman. <laughs> So you got the backstory and the backstory of the backstory, but there's actually a backstory to the backstory of the backstory, and that backstory is what is politically relevant. The story is that Jeremy and I wanted to cover Happy Together by the Turtles for that show. We thought it would be funny, but since it was being videotaped, we needed to secure the rights to the song, which is usually just a perfunctory request immediately granted for a minor fee, unless it's conservatives who are the ones who want to cover the music, in which case the request gets shut down. We were shocked. We talked to friends in the music industry. One extremely successful songwriter in particular was shocked. He said he'd never heard of such a request being rejected. So we called the company that holds the rights and we tried to clear it up. They said no. We offered more money. They said no. We offered even more money. No. Finally, Jeremy, who will pay any price for a joke, offered them $150,000 150 grand just for the performance rights, one time to this old song. And we were told that there is no amount of money we could offer that would get us the rights. So we had no other choice but to write a song ourselves, which is how the original Together Again was born, which is how Tim Pool's cover of Together Again was born, which is an excellent cover, by the way. Great song, worth buying in its own right, but especially worth buying when you remember that you can stick it to lib music executives who hate us for the low price of only 67 cents or whatever this, I don't know what a song costs to download on iTunes, but for that low price, you can get it. So please, if you love great music, if you love owning the libs, if you are not that attached to the change in your pocket, please head on over to iTunes or Amazon Music to download Together Again by Tim Poole, by Michael Knowles and Jeremy Boring, Smokey Mike and the God King today. Speaking of owning the libs. There's a an American hero who deserves some credit even though the story is a few days old at this point. Michael Cassidy, 35-year-old former Navy pilot who showed up to the Iowa State Capitol while I was gone. One of the last stories we covered on this show before I flew to India was the story of the satanic statue being erected by the satanic temple in the Iowa State Capitol. And the way that this was permitted to happen is because of a gross misreading of the First Amendment and the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment and the notion of religious freedom in the American political tradition. Because of a gross liberal leftist atheist BS misreading of that, there is now a statue of, sorry, there was a statue of Baphomet, a a, a devil, a demon up in the Iowa State Capitol until this guy, Michael Cassidy, 35-year-old former Navy pilot, went in, knocked it over, and beheaded the statue. Just would like to take a brief pause to to applaud, rather, uh, Mr. Cassidy. Great work, American hero. He's now charged with fourth degree criminal mischief. I do not advocate uh, disturbing the public order. I do not advocate destroying property, private or public property. But, you know, it really is difficult for me to take seriously the left-wing objections to knocking down statues when the left has spent the last 5, 10, I don't know, 30 years, but especially in in the last 5 to 10 years, destroying beautiful statues of important American heroes, beheading statues of Christopher Columbus, tearing down statues of Thomas Jefferson. Attacking statues of Frederick Douglass, okay, and U.S. Grant. After they've been doing that, and we were told this is wonderful, this is beautiful, this is liberation, this is for equality and fairness. Then a, a Navy pilot goes in and tears down a statue of the actual devil in the Iowa State Capitol at Christmas time, and we're told, Oh, it's it's a terrible crime, throw him in jail, throw away the key. What did Mr. Cassidy say about this? He said, The world may tell Christians to submissively accept the legitimization of Satan, but none of the founders would have considered government sanction of satanic altars inside Capitol buildings as protected by the First Amendment. Totally true. If you want to learn more about that fact that is misunderstood today, you can go get Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, my book on this very topic. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Cassidy goes on. Anti-Christian values have steadily been mainstreamed more and more in recent decades, and Christians have largely acted like the proverbial frog in the boiling pot of water, Totally true. 100% correct. Thank you, Mr. Cassidy, for accurately and concisely articulating the, the true meaning of the First Amendment, the Establishment Clause, and religious freedom. I'm sorry to say that the Republican Iowa governor, Kim Reynolds, had a completely wrong response to this. She said, like many Iowans, I find, oh, this is just the squishiest, oh, man, this is just like the perfect squish take on— uh, Sorry, I'm going to get through it without, without articulating my disgust the entire time. Here's what she said. Like many Iowans, I find the Satanic Temple's display in the Capitol absolutely objectionable. In a free society, the best response to objectionable speech is more speech. And I would encourage all those of faith to join me today in praying over the Capitol and recognizing the nativity scene that will be on display, the true reason for the season. Yeah, okay. This is like a an excrement sandwich of an answer because the first part is pretty good. Yes, I find the satanic display objectionable. Good. I'm glad you're not a Satanist, Governor Reynolds. Great. I find it totally objectionable. That's the first part. The bottom part, the bottom bun is we should all be praying. We should be recognizing the nativity, seeing the crash in the Capitol. It's Christmas season. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. But then there's that excrement right in the middle of her answer, which is it's a free society. So we need to, the, the best thing we can do is encourage the Satanists to have their stupid display up. And then we'll have our display. And then we'll have the endless displays. And that's a free society. There is no, ah, there is no satanic altar Guarantee in the religious freedom tradition of the United States, there is no satanic altar sanction for uh, listed in the First Amendment or the Establishment Clause. Total weak sauce from Governor Reynolds. Pathetic, actually. I don't. I hate to be so harsh on a fellow Republican, but it's a pathetic answer. Yes, we should be offended by the satanic display. Yes, we should pray and recognize the nativity scene. We we in no way. Have to hand it to the Satanists ever under any circumstances, okay? I'm not saying that I support tearing down statues and beheading them, and if it's pro- private or public property, but what Mr. Cassidy did here is certainly one of the more justifiable acts of civil disobedience in recent years. We've heard a lot about the importance of civil disobedience when it's BLM going around murdering people for eight months, going around burning down buildings and, and looting sneaker stores. That's a wonderful display of civil disobedience. But when it's someone attacking an actual satanic idol on government grounds, oh, no, no, now you're attacking the First Amendment. Give me a freaking break. If Governor Reynolds's response— is the conservative response. Well, actually, in a, in a society, we should encourage the Satanists. Yes, and then we'll have our speech and they'll have their speech and we'll all just have, we'll, we'll just increasing the number of Baphomet displays and and conversely, Christian displays until, until no one can walk around the Capitol because of all the little devil statues standing around. If that's the conservative response, who needs conservatives? What are conservatives good for? Absolutely nothing. Religious freedom. There is no religious freedom argument that justifies these satanic temples display here. In large part, because the satanic temple admits that it's not a religious organization. The satanic satanic temple openly, explicitly says that it is a mockery of religion. They don't actually even worship the devil. So they think. They do, but they just don't realize it. They're worshiping the devil ironically, which it is not possible to do. Because if you ironically worship the devil, you are earnestly worshiping the devil. But anyway, they think that it's all just a big joke. They're just a bunch of edgy Reddit-tier atheists. So they can't even claim that this is their sincerely held religious belief. They're admitting that it's not. There goes that very basic religious freedom argument. But also, religion is not just some totally subjective term that we can define into meaning whatever we want it to mean. I know that the left has, has succeeded in recent years in convincing people, even conservatives, often that that words can just mean whatever we want them to mean. But religion has a meaning. Religion is a habit of virtue that inclines the will to give God what he deserves. That's religion, okay? So worshiping Satan or not recognizing God even for that matter is not and has never seriously been considered a matter of religious freedom. None of our founding fathers would have said that was a matter of religious freedom. John Locke, the father of liberalism, the man who promoted religious freedom, he certainly wouldn't have agreed with that. He explicitly opposed that view, actually. It's just ridiculous. But if this is the way we talk about religious freedom now, then I think we need a better term just to make it clear for people. And the better term, ironically, is an, is an older term and that's toleration. Conservatives, we, we kind of make fun of the notion of tolerance. So all these liberals, they just want tolerance all that They're going to have museums to tolerance and all this. But toleration is a good thing. I'm, I'm very pro-toleration. There's a big debate going on now between uh, notions of America that, that involve Christian nationalism versus I don't know. I guess you'd call it just total libertinism or libertarianism. Uh, they say the Christian nationalists, they're terrible. They want a theocracy. They w- no, not exactly. I mean, all, all governments have religious views. That's been true for all of history everywhere in the world. Even today, we pretend to be secular and atheist, but we have religious views. Those religious views are articulated in the DEI initiatives, diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're, they're expressed in the ESG initiatives and the, the climate religion that has taken over the, the world. The, of, the, of course, there are religious views because all politics ultimately comes down to theology. All, all human conflict ultimately is theological. So what would it mean? If, if, we're, if we don't want to be a liberal leftist Satan-worshiping country— and we want to go back to being a christian country which is what we were founded to be and what we always have been until very very recently then what does that look like does that mean we're going to be a rigid cruel theocracy that is that is bad for jews and muslims and agnostics even and atheists even and no it doesn't actually it means that we're going to go back to being what we were when we were a normal country which is obviously christian publicly christian uh, Founded to be a model of Christian charity in a shiny city on a hill by people who called themselves pilgrims. But we're going to have a a wide degree of tolerance for religious minorities and people who disagree. And that's a good thing. But tolerance doesn't mean that you need to put these things on equal footings. You might even tolerate these Reddit tier edgy atheist so called Satanists to some degree. You might tolerate them having their stupid rituals and practices in private to, to some degree. But we, it, what it does not mean is that we're going to put these things on equal footing. Um, America is not a Muslim country. I like Muslims. I just spent a lot of time with Muslims while I was traveling over to India. I like Hindus. Spent a lot of time with Hindus. I like Jews. I grew up in New York. All, virtually all of my friends were Jewish. I I like even the Reddit edgy atheists of whom I was one for a long period of my life. I like all of these people. And... Their views can be given a a, a wide degree of tolerance. But let's not pretend that America is a Muslim country. It's not. It never has been. Let's not pretend that America is an atheist country. It is not. It never has been. And let's sure as hell not pretend that America is a Satanist country, a satanic country, which at least was not founded to be, but which it will be if we start exalting statues of Baphomet in our state capitals. Have I made my point clear? I hope so. Now, when you want to protect yourself from our increasingly (laughs) satanic political order, uh, you're going to want to check out ExpressVPN. Right now, go to expressvpn.com slash Knowles. Christmas is a time of joy, gratitude, and reflection. In the midst of these festivities, consider taking a moment to reflect on the digital footprint that accompanies you through the season. Think about all the information on your phone your search history, your location, the websites you shop at, and more. Companies can legally gather this information and sell it to advertisers for massive profit. That is why you need to do what I do and trust your online security to ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app on your phone and computer that encrypts all of your online traffic so that all your online activity remains private. If you think that incognito mode is going to stop people from tracking your online activity, think again. Read the fine print that appears when you start browsing in incognito mode. It says that your activity might still be visible to your employer, your school, or your internet service provider. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could be logged by the admin of that network. I love ExpressVPN because I'm a Luddite and it's super easy to use. Even I can use it. The app has one button. Once you turn it on, you're protected from prying eyes. Daily Wire is partnered with ExpressVPN. To get you a special Christmas offer, go to expressvpncom Knowles right now. Get three extra months for free. expressvpncom Knowles. expressvpncom Knowles to learn more. Christmas season is upon us. We call it Advent. This can only mean one thing: great discounts on Daily Wire Plus. Right now, annual subscriptions are thirty three zero percent off. That is one whole year of unlimited access to ad free, uncensored, exclusive content from your favorite Daily Wire hosts for thirty percent off. Join now to get access to groundbreaking entertainment like our new movie Lady Ballers, our recently released docu series from Candace Owens, Convicting a Murderer, as well as the entire library of Jordan Peterson and more. If you have children, you will be happy to hear that your Daily Wire Plus annual subscription comes with access to Daily Wire Kids' app, Bent key at no extra charge. Vent key is also where you. You will be able to watch Snow White and the Evil Queen in 2024. And you don't want to miss what we have coming in Daily Wire Plus's 2024 season, which is Mr. Bircham, the animated comedy series featuring Adam Carolla, Roseanne Barr, Megan Kelly, Brett Cooper, and more. We also have the highly anticipated release of the Pendragon cycle, plus so much more. This Christmas, get yourself a Daily Wire Plus annual membership for 30% off. This Christmas, give the gift of a Daily Wire Plus annual membership for 30% off at DailyWire.com slash subscribe and join. Today, speaking of religion and government, Democrat Mayor Michelle Wu has just invited some members of the Boston government to a Christmas party. She's only invited some of them because the Christmas party is for non-white people. So white people are not allowed to go. The only reason the white people found out about this is because city council relations director Denise Dos Santos accidentally sent an email to all city council members inviting them to the electeds of color holiday party. Right off the bat, you know, it's it's a bad, it's a bad thing. Holiday party. What's the holiday? What holiday are we celebrating? Is it Kwanzaa? That's not a real holiday. Virtually no one celebrates Kwanzaa. It was a contrivance of a uh, woman-beating, torturing socialist lunatic named uh, Molana Karenga. His real name's Ron Everett, but during the Black Power Movement, he renamed himself Molana Karenga, and then he imprisoned women and put soldering irons on them and hit them on the head with toasters and electrocuted them and did all sorts of terrible things. Anyway, he invented Kwanzaa as a socialist holiday, and virtually no one celebrates it. So it's not Kwanzaa. Is it Hanukkah? Hanukkah is a minor Jewish holiday. It has been elevated in America to to be a bigger holiday than it traditionally had been in Judaism, but only to make it the kind of Jewish version of Christmas. But it's just not. Jews have many more significant holidays at different times of the year. Uh, Kwanzaa is, or Hanukkah rather, is not not that big a deal. It's it's Christmas is the holiday, but the libs can't say Christmas because they hate Christianity and and true religion. So they and and tradition and you know, apple pie and hot dogs and and anything American at all that uh, traditionally our civilization likes. So it's the Electeds of Color Holiday Party. And here's the email. On behalf of Mayor Michelle Wu, I cordially invite you to the Electeds of Color Holiday Party on Wednesday, December 13th at 5.30 p.m. at the Parkman House, 33 Beacon Street. Some white people receive this. They say, hold on, wait, what? The Electeds of Color? Do I? And then then she follows up. She goes, hey, I wanted to apologize for my previous email regarding the holiday party for tomorrow. Oh, notice she doesn't call it the Electeds of Color holiday party. Ugh, yikes. <laughs> the whites found out about the the uh, Electeds of Color party. Okay, no, it's the holiday party for tomorrow. I did send that to everyone by accident. I apologize if my email may have offended or came across as so. Now, this email is almost n- not in coherent English. Well, it's not in coherent English. It's almost impossible to interpret. You can tell this person was flustered. Uh, Yikes. Uh, Sorry if this may have offended or came across as so, as what? Huh? As offensive or I don't know. Sorry for any confusion this may have caused. Then at this point, what should happen is Mayor Wu should come out and fire this person. And Mayor Wu should come out and say this holiday party, holiday party is completely unacceptable. And we're not going to exclude whites from government functions and We're not going to legally discriminate against white people any more than we already do, which is to a pretty significant degree. No, what did Mayor Wu do? She defended it. She said, hey, now white people get to go to plenty of parties. This one though, no whites allowed. This, This government party, no whites are allowed. Yeah, sorry, you shouldn't have gotten the email. Hope you weren't offended. It's that classic, you know, you don't apologize for for what you did that was wrong. You apologize for someone else feeling offended. I'm sorry if you felt offended. No, the issue isn't the email. The issue isn't the feeling of offense. The issue is the party. And it's the party, not because someone wants to go to another government or work function Christmas party. A lot of people don't want to do that at all. It's, it's because the party is a symbol of anti-white hatred, which is the most widespread and powerful form of racism in the entire country. That's the issue. So much so that the Supreme Court finally had to address the issue and, and this year knocked down so-called affirmative action in one narrow case. That would be in the case of Harvard discriminating against white and Asian students. And the only reason it worked is because that they could— highlight the, the discrimination against Asians. Had it only been a matter of discriminating against white people, the case would have gone nowhere. It is perfectly politically acceptable. It is politically encouraged to insult white people and to legally discriminate against them. That's, it, it's encouraged. The, the leftist social engineers, the, the racial grievance mongers, they screwed up in affirmative action by also discriminating against Asians which gave those of us who don't want caste systems of racial discrimination uh, the opportunity to go in and say, hold on. Now, listen, those nasty, terrible, evil white people, that's obviously totally fine to discriminate against them. They're the devil. They're the worst people that ever lived. But what about the Asians? And then finally, that was enough to get the Supreme Court to to change it. But but it, it remains a major issue. And so here you you see a Democrat mayor of a city getting caught in, in a... Really just ugly form of racial discrimination and race hatred, clearly. And what does she do? She doubles down. Doubles down. Not going anywhere anytime soon, folks. But it's not a good look. Now, when you want to look good, you got to check out Genucel. Right now, go to GenuCell.com slash Knowles. There is a lot to be stressed about during the Christmas season. Well, stress and lack of sleep can easily cause those pesky under-eye bags. Good news is you never have to worry about that when you have Genucel skincare. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package has a special discount just for our listeners at GenuCell.com slash Knowles. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the absolute best skincare in the world. Those troubling forehead wrinkles, fine lines, skin redness, and even a sagging jawline will disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's most popular collection. GenuCell promises immediate effects. You will see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. GenuCell made Christmas come early this year. They sent down a ton of products for the entire office. Everyone raves about their under-eye cream. It works wonders. Plus, included in every most popular package is your free hyaluronic acid serum for skin hydration and restoration. I love the company. It's absolutely fabulous. The founder is a Coptic Christian from Egypt, left for the American dream. He uses the absolute top ingredients that you can possibly use. And your first order is often discounted because he knows that you are going to stick around as a customer for a very, very long time. Like me, Genusel is simple, easily satisfied by the very best of everything. Go to genyacel.com slash Knowles, W L -L 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 E S to get this incredible Christmas discount. Every order is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. Genyacel.com slash Knowles today. Speaking of Democrats and Christmas— while I was gone. This is a little old, but I have to cover, I have to get to this story. Just because I missed a few shows last week while I was traipsing through the subcontinent does not mean that we're going to miss this. The White House released a really weird Christmas video. It's been totally polarizing. Here's the video. So, if you're just listening to this now, there's not all that much to describe. It's you can hear the tap dancing going on. A lot of extremely colorful outfits and personalities. One one might confuse the White House here for the Senate Judiciary Hearing Room. <laughs> and uh, you know, as one might expect from the Democrats who put such a focus on race and racial diversity, you know, it's uh, you know t- t- totally out of central casting in that regard. I kind of like the video. I kind of like it. Let me just say kind of here because it's not a good video. But the reason it's not good is not because of the concept of the video. I really like the concept of it. I like the focus on tap dancing. Tap dancing is a really fun, wholesome art form, very traditional American art form. The reason the video is not good is because it, it's not good tap dancing. <laughs> it's not I don't mind. The colorful costumes are a little weird. They're they're a little on the flamboyant democrat side, but whatever. I don't really care about that. The extremely on the nose diversity casting is I mean, I have no problem with people of all walks of life uh, tap dancing. It's it's on the nose. The Democrats are always just so uh conspicuous about this sort of thing. But again, I don't that doesn't bother me in the least. Some some of my favorite tap dancers are black guys, you know, Gregory Hines or Sammy Davis Jr. The reason it's bad tap dancing gets to uh, an issue at the heart of leftist politics, which is that it's too self-indulgent. Good, ta- Really good tap dancing is subtle. It's understated. It's elegant. You think of people like Fred Astaire. You think of people like Gene Kelly. When they, when they tap dance, or Gregory Hines or Sammy Davis Jr. or any of, any of these other tap dancers that I've mentioned or not mentioned, their really beautiful tap dancing is when you can hardly see the moves and you just hear the click, 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 you know, and it's, re- it's just elegant, it's graceful. Their feet are moving at, you know, a rapid pace while their body is just so elegant. There's the sense of stillness and confidence and integrity. That's missing in the in the White House video. It's, it looks like an elementary tap class where every movement is just so exaggerated and the biggest smiles. It actually looks like the scene in Singing in the Rain with Gene Kelly where it's a flashback to, uh, to Gene Kelly's bad days doing the vaudeville circuit. You know, fit as a fiddle, ready for love. And it's where all of the, uh, the mannerisms are exaggerated. And it's, it's a funny scene. It's a delightful scene. But it's funny in that what he's doing here is expressing a bad dance. That's what's going on here. And, and it's just true of all of our modern politics. There's no sense anymore of understatement, of elegance, of humility, of, of subtlety. That's gone. Now, everything has to be so exaggerated. Everyone has to be so uh, prideful and over the top and constantly drawing attention to themselves in, in unattractive ways. That's, that's what I don't like about it. But I do like I do like the tap dancing. I just think about today how many more exclamation points you see in correspondence. In the old days, in the days of Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire, Gregory Hines, Sammy Davis Jr., people rarely used exclamation points in their correspondence. Because an exclamation point is like laughing at your own joke. It's an exclamation point is like this White House tap dancing video. It it's It's so unnecessary. It's so gratuitous. Today, if you send a text message or even a professional email without 75 exclamation points, people are going to think you're a sociopath. They're they're going to think you're a stone-cold killer. It gets to that that underlying rot. Then the final problem with the White House tap dancing video is I I don't think they were actually recording the taps. I think those taps were added in after the fact. I'm not positive, but the taps don't really seem to line up with the foot movements. Probably because the White House is just not wired for tap dancing. It's not like a big tap stage. In, in any case, a good idea. I want to give the Biden White House. Joe Biden was the one who posted this. Uh, I want to give them credit for having a nice impulse, but you got to land the execution too. They did not. Speaking of the Bidens, Hunter Biden is speaking out. Hunter Biden has been asked to come and testify before Congress, before a closed-door session, not to make a big display of everything. Hunter showed up to D.C., showed up to the Capitol, but he wouldn't go to the close to recession. He instead made a big spectacle of himself in a press conference outside the Capitol.
2: I'm proud of my legal career and business career. I'm proud of my time serving on a dozen different boards of directors. And I'm proud of my efforts to forge global business relationships. For six years, MAGA Republicans including members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They've ridiculed my struggle with addiction, they've belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father Who has devoted his entire public life to service for six years. I've been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am
1: here. I am here outside of the Capitol. I am here. I'm not where you asked me to be. I'm not here where I would actually have to answer for my crimes or my influence peddling or the fact that I was the bag man for my corrupt father. I'm here talking to the liberal media. Here I am. Attacked his wife and kids. Who's attacked his wife and kids? Have you heard a Republican attack Hunter Biden's wife and kids? I know of one person who has attacked Hunter Biden's wife and kids. That's Hunter Biden. Wh- which wife and kids are we talking about? Are we talking about the wife that he left so that he could go cheat with his his dead brother's widow is that is that the wife we're talking about which wife which kid the kid that he callously refused to acknowledge for years that he sued in court not to acknowledge that his his father callously cruelly would not acknowledge as president of the United States which kid the only person in public life who has attacked hunter biden's wife and kids is hunter biden himself and this this man this degenerate has the audacity to accuse us, to accuse the Republicans of that, despicable. Bo- I'm proud of my work uh, on, on several boards of directors. Yeah, boards of directors like, like the Ukraine oil company that was paying you as graft graft to, to grease the wheels and enrich your father because you were selling American influence on his behalf. You're proud of your work as an unregistered foreign agent peddling american influence for your corrupt dad i wouldn't be proud of that public public service you know joe biden that guy's made a lot of money for public service usually public service costs you money when george washington engaged in public service it made him much less wealthy Je- thomas jefferson died in debt because of all of the time he committed to public service joe biden's a millionaire with multiple houses and a corvette and lots of nice stuff kind of kind of weird boy what a great sacrifice from joe biden Why is this happening? The reason this is happening now is that Joe Biden might actually get impeached. This Hunter Biden story has been around for years, and Hunter Biden has accidentally admitted on camera to having conversations about his business with his father. He's accidentally admitted in his uh, laptop, which became public, to giving his father paybacks. In fact, we've seen the checks. We've seen the checks come in to Hunter and then from Hunter to Joe's personal account. The reason this is happening now is because Biden might actually get impeached. And that's not even the problem because Biden's 300 years old and he probably doesn't even want to be president again. The reason that this is bad is if he gets impeached, if there's an actual impeachment trial, then the facts really are going to come out. It's not just going to be in some closed door session of the Republicans in Congress. It's going to be before the American people. Now, speaking of children, there's a children, babies came up during that I think once, right? It's not my best transition. You got to check out Preborn. Right now, go to preborn.com slash Knowles. Christmas season is upon us. We call it Advent. Then we're looking forward to the end of the year when you make all your donations. And if you are not sure what to give, I will tell you, give the gift of life through this show's partnership with Preborn. Preborn is an organization that has rescued over 270,000 babies from abortion by offering abortion-minded women free ultrasounds. Once these women meet their babies for the first time and hear that heartbeat, the child's chance at life is doubled. For just $28, you can save a life by sponsoring a mother's ultrasound. Preborn also supports mothers by providing them with diapers, car seats, counseling, and more. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies as they compete head-to-head with the abortion giants. Now, through a match, your tax-deductible gift is doubled. Your donation offers double the blessings. Now is the time to put your year-end write-offs to work. Have your donation matched today by dialing pound 250 and saying the keyword baby. That is pound 250, or donate securely at preborn.com slash Knowles, K-N-A-W-L-E-S. That is preborn.com slash Knowles. Preborn fundraises for its administrative costs separately, so every dollar you give is going to go toward saving babies. Give today, preborn.com slash Knowles. Give the gift. Of a Daily Wire Plus annual membership for just 30% off. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Join today. My favorite comment last week is from Alexander Mindiburu, who says Michael's impression of Fauci is slowly becoming Al Pacino with each performance. Now listen here. Listen here, you. She got a greater and you got your head all the way up it. Now listen here. It's not, it's not personal, Sonny. It's just business. When I make you take that vex, it's just business, sonny. Speaking of drug addiction, a very sad story came out regarding Matthew Perry, uh, who died in his hot tub some weeks ago. Well, the uh, coroner's report is back. LA County Medical Examiner says that he died of the acute effects of ketamine, which led to cardiovascular overstimulation and respiratory depression. Uh, now, what's strange here is we were told that Matthew Perry was clean and sober at the time of death. So now people are going to conclude that that was a lie, but it, it isn't exactly a lie in that I bet Matthew Perry would have said the same thing. I bet, I bet a lot of people would say he was in a, at least a certain clinical sense, clean and sober at the time of his death because ketamine is used to treat drug addiction. It's used as a medical treatment. Ketamine infusion therapy has been used to treat depression, anxiety. It's not approved by the FDA for that use, but it it is used to do that. And it appears that that's what Matthew Perry was doing. He had just recently had one of these ketamine infusion therapy treatments. Those other contributing factors to his death included drowning, coronary artery disease, and buprenorphine, which is an FDA-approved drug for opioid addiction. But it's a drug in itself. And the reason that this story is so sad, and part of the reason that Matthew Perry uh, fell into it, is is because of a misconception in in our culture now that there are bad drugs that you're not supposed to do. And then there are medicines, which are really, really good. But the line between hard drugs, narcotics, and medicines, is a little bit blurry. Drugs are drugs. They can have all sorts of bad effects on you, whether the FDA says they're good or not, whether your doctor says they're good or not. I'm not telling you never to take a drug. People take drugs all the time. If I have a little bit of a migraine, I might take an Advil. But I'm not under the impression that there are no side effects from even a a drug like Advil. It's drugs. You're putting a drug into your system, a chemical into your system, and that's going to have some kind of effect. Now, though, People will say, "No, no, no! I was medically prescribed marijuana. No, I was medically prescribed benzos. No, I was medically prescribed opioids." How many, how many people develop opioid addictions because they were initially prescribed them by a doctor in supposedly totally fine clinical circumstances? Isn't that that's how Rush Limbaugh became addicted to opioids? It's not that Rush just went down to a street corner one day and said, "I want to get high." Rush was prescribed those drugs by a doctor, and he, like many many people, then became addicted to them. Drugs are drugs. And if we have not learned the lesson over the last three years to be perhaps somewhat skeptical of people in white lab coats, to recognize that sometimes they seem to get things a little bit wrong, some of them seem to get things a lot wrong, then we haven't learned a thing. Very, very sad. Because people, you know, I think it's what, like one in eight women in this country or more, one in five women regularly take depression drugs. They're, they're regularly on powerful psychiatric drugs. And we just ignore that because we say, oh, it's prescribed by a doctor. It's totally fine. I don't know if it's great for a huge portion of your population to constantly be on powerful psychiatric drugs. Now on the ever-present topic of transgenderism, we're told that if you give kids chemicals to stop their puberty and to castrate them and to induce all sorts of crazy bodily consequences, osteoporosis, sterility, uh, potential early death, we say, no, it's tot- it's a medicine. It's, it's a it's affirming treatment from medical practitioners. No, it's drugs. It's really powerful drugs. Maybe we ought to be a little cautious about that because things can go south really quickly, as sadly we, we've seen in this case. Now, turning from death to life, a really great story. A really, really great story to close on today from the Charlotte Lozier Center uh, report. This is a survey that has shown that pro-life pregnancy centers provided at least $358 million in goods and services to pregnant women last year. That includes half a million free ultrasounds at least, 200,000 tests for venereal disease, 700,000 free pregnancy tests, 400,000 parenting education programs, 600,000 students who took sexual risk avoidance education, 4.3 million baby outfits, and by the way, not just for the babies and the mothers who chose to have their children, even for the women who killed their children through abortion. 19,000 people received post-abortion support, at least. Probably the number is much higher than that, from pro-life pregnancy centers. And this is a really good thing because 32,000 more babies were born last year than the year before, thanks to state abortion bans in the wake of the Dobbs decision. I I tell you, I kind of like this legislating morality. Doesn't it work? I kind of like the notion that culture is downstream of politics. I kind of like the idea that the law is a teacher because it works. It works and saves 32,000 babies' lives. And then the reason I bring up this story at all is because you always hear the Libs say that conservatives only care about babies in the womb. You hear that one? They've been telling us that for decades. Yeah, you conservatives, you care about babies in the womb. You just don't care when they get out of the womb. You mean old conservatives. Uh, I don't know. Is $358 million not enough? That seems like a lot. In just private donations? That's that's great. For all sorts of women, including women who've had abortions? It's pretty good. Great way. Just a little, that's a nice little number. Tuck that number in. $358 million in private donations to women in need who are, are considering abortion, who even had abortion, who uh chose to have their baby heroically, who need some help as, as mothers afterward. That's a lot of money. And you ask those libs, you say, oh yeah, did you, what, did you, did you, get, you ever give $358 million? No? You, oh, you've given nothing to those women in need. You've given nothing to those babies in need. Your, our answer is to give at least $358 million to help them. And, and we'll give more. I'll happily give more. Give me, tell me the number. I'm sure the pro-lifers would give, would give that and then some. Any number to save, to save babies' lives. And the Libs' answer is, no, nah, we don't want to give a single red cent. We just, we just think you should kill your baby. Which is it? Which, which, which do you think is more conducive to a flourishing society? The rest of the show continues now. You don't want to miss it. Become a member. Use code NOLSKIN at at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.